0: Hello and welcome to the Guernsey Press Football Show. Coming up, we'll reflect on an exceptional return to action for Guernsey FC on the pitch and the off-the-field incident that took the shine off that 3-1 win at Foots Lane. Uh, plus, we'll look back at the weekend action in the FNB Prio league as champion Saints beat Bells to go top of the table. Uh, I'm Tony Kerr, alongside me, uh, as ever, is Rob Baptiste. Hello. And Gareth the Prevot. Hi, Tony. Uh, great to see you guys. Um, I think we've got to start with what happened off the pitch at Guernsey FC on Saturday. A really unfortunate incident which could still have some big ramifications for the club uh, and certainly the spectator involved. It happened in the first half of the Green Lions' return. Uh, They were leading 2-0 at the time um, when one of the Sutton Common Rovers players was a bit late, it's fair to say, in contesting uh, for the ball with GFC keeper James Walker. Uh, That sparked a bit of pushing and shoving, um, a bit of a to-do there, but it was what was said by someone standing behind the Rovers' dugout. Uh, that raised the temperature considerably. Uh, A GFC supporter allegedly uh, using the term monkeys, which understandably enraged at least one member of the uh, Sutton Common Rovers coaching team. Uh, Tony Vance and Stu Moyles were straight across from the home dugout to try and uh, calm the situation down. And after... A fairly long delay. Um, play did eventually restart. Um, GFC at uh, full-time put out a statement on Twitter uh, which read, Guernsey Football Club condemns all forms of discrimination. Uh, we were made aware of an incident at today's game which was quickly dealt with and the person was removed from the ground. We will be investigating before making any further comment. Chaps, as I say, a really unfortunate situation. Uh, Gareth, you were standing over on that far side. Um, can you just describe what you saw and heard and, and and how it played out?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I was probably about thirty yards or so a bit further down the um, down the touch line on that far side. I was sort of behind the GFC dugout. Um, like you say, Tony, the the incident on the pitch um, with the sort of foul um, sort of it led to a quite sort of heated moment, um, and typically there was sort of various things being shouted from the crowd um and then um after a few moments I, I sort of realized that one of the Sutton Common Rovers coaches had turned around and was pointing out a, a member of the crowd and basically saying did you just use that word and he, he kept asking him did you use that word and there was a bit of um a bit of a heated discussion going on and straight away the Sutton Common um, Rovers coaching staff made the referee aware of that word having been used um Tony Vance was then um, called over. Well, I think he made his way over himself to the Sutton Common to find out what was going on. I, I thought Tony dealt with it very well. He went to address the member of um, of the crowd, and um, within a few moments, um, this the man was um, walking away out of the ground. But um, obviously, um, it was it was a very tense scenario. Um, I will say that the Sutton Common Rovers coach made his feelings very clear. And if if that's what was said, um, I really can't blame him for the words he was using. I mean, there were certain members of the crowd sort of saying to him afterwards, there's no need to be swearing. And I think sometimes you you need to swear just to emphasise how serious a matter this was. And, I, you know, it was one of those things that, in that scenario, I can't imagine what it would have been like for him. Um, and so the fact that he reacted in the way he did Really did emphasize to me just how out of order that is, and just how serious a matter it is as well.
0: I was behind the camera on the touchline nearest the the grandstand, so yeah, I couldn't really um, you know, see or you obviously hear too clearly what was going on right over there. But I did hear one of the um, uh, one of the Sutton Common Rovers defenders, uh, yeah, or centre back, saying to his other um, defender, you know, just oh, we've just got to get on with it now. and and, and he replied, well, you know what are we supposed to do about race? Are we supposed to just get on with it? Um, uh, and at that moment, actually, you know, after it kind of settled down a bit, the Sutton Common Rovers players were not quite a huddle, but they were sort of gathered together, taking on a few drinks. And, and for a moment I thought actually, you know, it, it, you know, it might be a, a situation where they, they walk off because th- this is an issue which has been kind of right at the forefront of things, hasn't it, in, in football over the last couple of years. And and I know um Lots of people in football are, you know, are sort of at the end of their tether in, in terms of this sort of stuff. And I've been running out of ways to um, to actually uh, yeah, kind of make their feelings you know, clear. Um, so uh, obviously that didn't transpire in the end and, and the game continued.
2: Well, thankfully it didn't um, transpire, Tony. How Just think how embarrassing... It would have been if if Sutton Comrose had walked off, even if it was only just for a short period. I mean, it was bad enough as it is. This is something we clearly don't need in Guernsey football, any football, any football. Um, And it was um, probably the bleakest moment in Guernsey FC history. And it really is no through, no fault of their own. I mean, they can't control the actions of everybody watching the game. And it really was a big dampener on a... Otherwise, great day. Be interesting to see how the club and any other authorities, the East Middle League, GFA, even possibly, how they're going to respond on this. But it can't be shoved under the um, shoved under the carpet. That's for sure. Yeah. But I would like to say that I thought Tony Tony Vance's um, um, performance on the day was superb. You know, not only actually getting his team together to produce a a very able performance and you know and under trying circumstances of having very little preparation um they really were in you know in good nick and and well set up but his performance in terms of actually dealing with that issue and then afterwards and how he had to sort of diplomatically talk about it time and time again to the various sections of the media and um, never put his foot wrong, never put a foot wrong. And, um, you know, it's something he didn't have to do, but he did take it upon himself, didn't try and escape the fact that it had happened. So full credit to him because you can't brush these things under the carpet.
0: Yeah, I think the club has got a little bit of work to do on this front. Well, I mean, you know, obviously with a situation like this um, taking place, but, you know, the crowd were... Otherwise, mostly very, very good on Saturday. Um, a, a good crowd as well, more than 900 there, you know, straight back into it. There's a real pantomime uh, atmosphere at times at GFC. And, it, you know, I know it winds some people up. I, I, you know, it does help create a bit of atmosphere, particularly when things are quite charged on the pitch. The crowd do. There are lots of people in that crowd who really love digging into to, to, to what's going on on the pitch. But sometimes when you see those situations Unfolding on the field and, and certain players the crowd are getting on their backs, I do hold my breath somewhat because some of the language and some of the comments that are made, clearly what happened on the other side of the pitch is absolutely unacceptable and and intolerable. Um, some of the stuff that gets said in the crowd on a more regular basis, if you 're being polite, you would say some old fashioned language. Um, And as I say, I I think a lot of people hold their breath a bit.
1: My immediate thought, Tony, sort of after the incident happened, the first thing I thought was, this is Sutton Common Rovers' first trip to Guernsey. They're going to go back home now and say, we were subjected to racist language. And I mean, how does that paint Guernsey as a whole? It's just just a a dread, I just felt dreadful and disgusted by that at the time. I mean, it it was, I think the official attendance was 911 or something, so it's, it's, Sort of one person out of nine hundred eleven. That's one person too many, though. So it's just, it really did put a real dampener on on that day for me. Really,
2: um, as we speak, I've just had a, um, a a text from Nick Legg, the media director for GFC, and he tells me that the matter is still being looked into by the police. We are cooperating with him and we'll review the matter when they have concluded their inquiries. That was his his, his latest comment. Um, So it's obviously not being shoved under the carpet. And um, if the police are involved, well, so be it.
0: Yeah, OK, well, let's leave that there and and talk about what happened on the pitch. Because from a footballing perspective for Guernsey FC, it couldn't have gone much better on Saturday. Um, After such a short turnaround to get ready for the new season, um, a 3-1 win. Uh, Ross Allen captaining the side on the day, uh, scoring an absolutely brilliant goal um, and and getting a second as well. That was after Carl Smith had, had scored a really early opener. Um, you know, great to see him settling into to things so quickly, uh, took his goal very nicely. Um, and, and yeah, so much to enjoy about how they played.
2: Yeah, I mean, um, it was a very, very bright start by the Green Lions. Um, I don't think Sutton were... A great team by any stretch of the imagination, but we really went for went for them. And some of our movement and um, approach play was excellent. I mean, the and the goal itself, the first goal Carl Smith scored was fantastic team goal. I'm struck I can't think instantly of a, a better team goal Guernsey FC have scored. I'm sure they probably have over the course of a decade, but it was absolutely outstanding. Great goal, great put long pass from Ben Latok, who had a good debut. Um Good control by Charlton Govine on the far touch line. Um, he should have been closed down probably a bit quicker than he was. But anyway, he managed to bring the ball down, get the cross in. And Ross, rather than doing trying to something spectacular himself, skillfully laid it off on the volley to Kyle, who just finished like Kyle can do and often has done in the last couple of years for Sylvans. spectacularly. He is, when he's on song, he's a really good player, Kyle, and he scores astonishing goals. And this was one of those. And Ross's, Ross's opening goal was typical Ross, you know, managed to wriggle a yard free and then curl a beauty in the far corner, top notch.
0: Yeah, and Ross captained the side, as I said, on the day. I mean, to me, he looked as hungry as ever and coming off, well, both celebrations for the goals and then coming off at full time. Uh, you know, you could tell he really, really enjoyed being back out there. And that's, that's a fabulous sign for, for GFC. Uh, Rob, you caught up with him at full time. Let's hear what he had to say.
3: I was actually a little bit anxious, I was a little bit nervous because it's one thing, um, you know, it's, it's one thing playing a, a friendly against the Martins or, you know, training and things like that, but this is, we know it's always going to be a step up. And, you know, for me, effectively, you know, 20 months out out of the game, um, more or less, it was, I was always a bit nervous, but not, you know, not sure how it was going to go. Um, so I think for me that early energy I was giving in the game and the boys were giving I said we've got to come out of the traps quick here because we're going to have our periods where we're you know, fatigued, we're not quite there with the fitness so um, yeah just delighted with the way it went What a
2: goal, Did you start? Yeah, I mean a team goal I mean it was a fantastic
3: oh, move Yeah no we've, well, we've been working on you know little set pieces and things like that in training and, and making sure we're all on the ball so you saw a bit of that I think throughout the game I thought that was really good um, and yeah that one just, uh, he gave me a yard and faced him up in the box and a little shift and shoot and it, uh, the, these balls are, are beautiful by the way they're much better than the balls we played in two years ago so uh it, it just flew in it was lovely it was great great finish and it was yeah so nice to turn around and the crowd are there and it's uh, just like old times
0: ross allen speaking to you there robert full-time so great stuff from him what else caught your eye
2: well, Ross's work rate for a start, I mean, he worked himself into a standstill in the end. I just hope that he doesn't, you know, take this captaincy thing too far and run himself into, into a standstill by half-time in future games because he can't do it on his own, but he was trying very, very hard at times in the first half. He was absolutely everywhere. Um, very, very clever footballer. Really is one of the greatest footballers Guernsey's produced, there's no doubt about it. You know, um, it was a, a good performance overall. Um you know there are sort of question marks I think over the um, you know the team going forward, but on this occasion you know they were well balanced, didn't really put a foot wrong. Um, the new goalkeeper James Walker, um, I think we have to sort of um, sort of leave judgment on his his ability and um, for further games, um, see how he goes on. He was a bit nervous, I think, on this occasion. Dropped a couple. It was probably, you know, he was culpable for the goal. There's no doubt about it. And, um, you know, but, um, and he's going to be tested in the future, I think, under the, on, under the crossbar. He's not the tallest of goalkeepers, uh, but I'd say playing in front of a big crowd for him. I'm sure he hasn't played in front of basically a thousand people too often. And, um, and it was, a you know, coming over to Guernsey, um, Nobody knew him, he was, you know, he's just been sort of shoved in there. If he was nervous, yeah, it's very understandable. Um, and it's us wish him luck in going forward.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's no doubt it will be exactly the sort of challenge that um, you know, his parent club uh, will want to see him kind of facing and coming through. Because, uh, yeah, for for someone who's still very young, um, yeah, not an easy thing to be parachuted into. So, yeah, looking forward to seeing him play over the next couple of weeks as well. Yeah, yeah. Gareth, were you surprised by by how effective GFC were? I know they, they were quite ready to sort of dampen expectations ahead of the season. And we're not going to get carried away, but, but they certainly... Um, they certainly surprised the ship. Well, they, they were
1: certainly thoroughly deserving winners, Tony. Yeah, um, yeah Like Rob said, I, I'm not sure if Sutton Common Rovers had sort of like their strongest available side. They they weren't the the most testing of opponents that we've seen sort of GFC face before. Um, one thing that sort of I noticed quite early on, sort of having watched a lot of Prio stuff over the last sort of 18 months or so. Um, I thought uh, Charlton Govein looked like he'd gone up about three or four gears to what he had been sort of putting in for Bells. Bells, I think, had been he, he kept him ticking over, um, but he he looked a lot hungrier out um, out playing for GFC. So I think he obviously needed to get back to this level, and um, I think we'll see some good stuff from him in the weeks to come. But I thought generally, yeah, they were they were just thoroughly deserving winners, and I think they will get a harder tests to come. But. Um, what a great confidence boost to have, having
0: not played for nearly 600 days. Yeah, exactly. 600 days or so since they last played. Tom Strawbridge, he tweeted, I cannot explain how enjoyable that was. Nearly 600 days since the last one and in the twilight. Genuinely wasn't sure if I'd experience it again. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just um, yeah, great to see yeah, the players relishing this opportunity again.
2: Yeah. And you're talking to Charl- Charlton govin there, Gareth. Um, I must admit, you had a good game, obviously. Um, and worked very, very hard down that right flank. But I'm not sure if that's his best position for the Green lines. I just think he could possibly be more effective inside. But the trouble is, it's finding a replacement on that right-hand side for for him. Because he was, you know, so he's very effective, did a lot of work. The answer just might be, and we saw just briefest. Um, Glimpse of it is, could be Ben Aci because that is a position he has been playing regularly for North, far up on the right hand side, and looked very very lively for the short ten minutes. You know, ten minutes he was on the pitch. Um, it may well be in time we might see him playing in that role, and then Charlton can perhaps play a more central role and be and more um, a role where he's got a bit more freedom, um, and then he could be even more effective than he is. Mm.
1: I think the the big game plan on Saturday, Rob, was with having those two forwards, Ross and Kyle. They obviously wanted the supply line, and Charlton can give you that on the if if you get some space out on the right wing, he can give you those crosses. But like you say, I think he, he could be very effective as as a central sort of role.
0: Yeah, so a great start for the Green Lions on the pitch. They're off the bottom of the table already, which is a good sign. They've jumped above Staines Town. Um, It's Chipstead next for them. Their first away trip uh, at the weekend, uh, Chipstead in ninth. And then Northwood come to Foots Lane uh, for the next home game in a couple of weeks' time. Northwood uh, 16th in the table. Um, at the moment, so, uh, yeah, uh, on paper, um, a, a decent couple of games to to build on uh, that first win. So, um, yeah, good stuff there. Uh, right, should we move on to the Prio League? Uh, Rob, you raced up to Blanche-Pierre Lane at full-time um, at GFC to see St Martins uh, go top of the Prio, beating Bells 4-0 in a, a good game. It was a
2: really good game. And um, I thought the scoreline was a little bit harsh on Belgraves, who, you know, played pretty well for large proportions of this game but you never looked like they were going to score and um, when they did get in some great positions Jason Martin was on the top of his game he made one absolutely stunning fingertip save in the first half from Joby Buggase made two or three other really cracking saves later on and um, you know I'd say 4-0 was harsh on Bells but they were hit by two absolute wonder goals Dom Yeom back in the side for having missed a few games, I think. Um, hit an absolute snorter early on, which ripped into the top of the net. Didn't give... Gave um, Leroy Riley, who was recalled, um, no chance. But for as good a goal that was, it was even bettered by Cal Alasha in the second half, who absolutely screamed this one <laughs> into the top corner. Um, it was one of the best goals I've seen for a long, long time. And to be honest I wasn't that surprised really because I mean he Lasher in the last few weeks has been absolutely outstanding he really has come on incredibly um his confidence is obviously high he's very quick very lively at the moment and has got desire for the goal he's scored a few goals he's keen to have a punt <laughs> <so> we say that <laughs> goal when you know when he when the um chance arrives and um they are. There's, so, there's something about Saints. You just can't really, you know, they're not absolutely. They don't roll over teams in terms of general play, but they manage to defend their goal very, very well, and they are capable of scoring spectacular goals, and which they did again on this occasion. Bells, I wouldn't get too dispirited. Um, they had Wayne Bishop came through the game, played a good eighty minutes, I would have thought, up front. Stuart Roussel was very, very effective alongside him. But they do need a bit extra up front to actually to challenge for the title. But, um, you know, in general terms, they played pretty well and they're a much, much better side than they were last year. They really are coming on. So I wouldn't get too... too. I'm sure some Belgraves were very, very disheartened the fact it was their second successive defeat. But I'd say to them, don't worry too much, lads. You are, you know, you're a a, a coming side, shall we say.
0: Yeah, things uh sort of ticking along quite nicely in the Premier League. Some interesting um, uh, storylines emerging. Uh, elsewhere Rovers beat Sylvan's two nil. Uh, there was first wins as well for Manza, two one against Rangers and Alderney as well, who were one nil winners at Velreck.
2: Yeah, um we weren't at any of those games I'm afraid, yeah. but um Alderney um for all accounts worked very, very hard again and um you know they were they lost six two to Velret recently, but that was the game was much, much closer than than that. It was all the fact that they sort of caved in at the end was down to their own indiscipline. Um Valrette had a few players missing on this occasion against a couple of their better players. Um, so I wasn't entirely surprised by that result. the um, Manza Ranger One Rangers game was always going to be a tight game on that on the smallest KG five pitch and um, and it proved so. Um and the Rovers win. I'm again. I'm. They really are playing very, very good, um, very good team football. I should say Rovers at the moment. Kevin Gillies has got something special going on down at Portswath. They're not going to beat St Martin for the league. I'm. I'm pretty convinced on that. But they have. They really are playing at their peak in terms of their ability. They're, they're, there's a great spirit amongst that that team and that squad, and. Um, I wouldn't be so surprised if that, it's a nut, that spirit pushes them you know, into the top three again this season. Sylvan's having a bit of a rough patch at the moment but I'm sure they'll come through. I mean apparently they were um, could easily have led at half time but but didn't uh, but I'm, you know they've had a pretty tough start to the season I'm sure they'll get um, they'll climb the table pretty quickly
0: Yeah so this weekend um, uh, Rovers host Bells uh, probably the pick of the, the matches it's Alderney against North uh, Manza against Sylvans and Rangers against Valrec um, I think we'll just about leave it there uh, quick word about Mayor Latissier. Um, she was involved again as Brighton beat Third place, Tottenham 2-1 in the uh, WSL. So I see she was back, back playing
2: centre-half, which yeah. is, seems to be her best position.
0: They're going so well at the moment, Brighton. Um, yeah, fifth in the table, I think, in the semi-finals of the Women's FA Cup as well. So, yeah, very good stuff on the south coast. And if we mention Mayer, uh, normally Alex Scott's doing something good as well at the same time. Uh, he's off with England under-19s at the moment.
1: Yeah, they're based in Marbella for a couple of weeks. They, um, he played. He started for the England under-19s against France, who um, won that game 3-1. Um, England played against Mexico and won at the weekend, although Alex wasn't involved in that one, and their final game, I believe, is against Belgium um, on Tuesday, tomorrow.
0: A little trip to Marbella would have been nice. I <laughs> didn't get the call-up for that. But um, OK, guys, well, thanks very much. Um, we'll be back with another sport podcast um, on Thursday and another football show uh, next Monday. So you know, keep an ear out for that. Cheers, Tony. Thanks.